20 minutes from the Pennsylvania border. And trust me, I knew all about the OU Texas game. Everybody did. But it wasn't until that first bus ride through the fair and to the stadium on game day that I really felt what this game is all about. And then, for almost two decades, I had the best seat in the house. And trust me, it was the best. We announced Sooner Football was back with a Red River romp. Roy put on a Superman cape. They couldn't catch Quentin. The shutout in 04. AD introduced himself on a national stage. The Marcos hurdle. Strikers hit. Baker's bullet to Andrews. Four man rush. Steps up. He's going to throw it deep down the right sideline. Andrews wide open. 2015, 10-5. It's a touchdown. This game delivers dramatic moments and career-defining plays every single year. OU Texas is what makes college football the greatest sport on the planet. There's nothing like it. Two iconic programs clashing in the middle of an historic stadium filled with fans split right down the middle and roars that rattle your soul on every play. Will this great game that always delivers deliver again? We're about to find out. Takes the snap, starts to his right. Keith, that's just to Joe Washington. He's going to throw the running pass. Baker Owens is wide open. And Oklahoma has scored. Oklahoma leads 6 to nothing on a 40-yard pass play from Joe Washington to Baker Owens. Here's the fake reverse. The handoff to the free break. Tackle 40, 45. 50 over field. 45, 40. Goodbye, Morgan. Sims gets exchanged. Three steps off. Quick pass. Intercepted at the 40. 35, 30. Late toward the end zone, caught, it's Stoops! Lob toward the end zone, it's intercepted! Trey Brown, you can unhitch the wagon! Oklahoma wins in four overtimes! <laughs> it's time for the greatest game in American sports. It's the Oklahoma Sooners and the Texas Longhorns. Here we go. Live from the venerable Cotton Bowl in Dallas, Texas, this This is Sooner Sooner Football. All right, Rush is back. Hour number two, sunshine pumping (laughs) before the game tomorrow. Man. We're dead on arrival, say 70% of our own fan base. No chance of winning. I think that's a defense mechanism is what that is. Yeah, it, it, it makes you feel better. Like, if things don't go the way you want them to, you can look, point back and say, well, I knew it. I said it wasn't going to happen. Perhaps. I don't know. Which, um, we all need our own defense mechanisms right now. Uh, mine has been... To just start saying, I don't know. <laughs> it's, it's been great all week long. It's got you to Friday, right? Friday at 4 yeah. o'clock. Um, what's going to happen? I don't know. Who's well, going to play quarterback? I don't know. Kenny well, fr- are we going to be better than we were last week? I don't know. And, hey, a lot of this game is, I don't know. Who's going to play at quarterback? I don't know. 
How well Texas is going to play? Don't know. I mean, there's Everyone's a lot of like, I don't knows to this. Yeah, I'll throw three or four I don't knows out there. I was like, oh, man, you're the best. <laughs> you know, just good breakdown. Kenny from the 405 says, just got goosebumps. 580 just says, just gave me goosebumps, Boomer. Yeah, that was that was awesome there from Bob Stoops. All right, um, I guess let's just quit farting around and get to the point here. OU's biggest edge in this game, we'll do it for both sides, but OU's biggest edge in this game is is what? Is the is it the element of the unknown going into tomorrow? Is that their biggest edge, or is it somewhere else? Huh. That's an interesting question. Uh huh. Where do we have an edge? I think our. I think our wide receivers against their corners in secondary is an edge. I think our offensive tackles against their edge players is an edge. You don't you don't like their DNs and their pass rushers all that much. You like the interior of their D line. Yeah. But their edge guys, eh, you think they're just, just okay. kind of average. Yeah. Just average. Yeah. But they're you know, they're big, you know, athletic, good looking athletes, but you know, I haven't seen a whole lot of consistency from them. So I'd say we have an edge there. Um, defensively, I would say we have an edge on the interior against their their offensive line. Um, I think we have an edge against them on special teams. I don't think they're overly dangerous on special teams. I agree with that. They've had some guys in the past that have been good kick, punt returners. They had Michael Dixon a few years ago who guy was like the MVP of their bowl game one year. I don't see like a huge difference maker for them special teams this year. And, you know, and this isn't necessarily a matchup. But we have uh, we have the unknown on our side. What quarterback? Like what? What are we going to do with our backs against the wall a bit on the offensive side to generate some uh, some explosive plays? Maybe you know they, they're going to have their antennas up for us to do something like that on special teams as well. I. They know where we sit coming into this game, uh, you know, a team that's on the ropes, and that means we're going to play dangerous and unpredictable at times. Like, that doesn't mean we have to go out there and be, you know, psychotic about it, but we're going to have to have some uh, suboptimal football going on, and I, that that is a dangerous thing whenever you don't know exactly what your opponent is going to do. So I think... That is an advantage. Is that an is that an ed, like an edge? Not necessarily, but it is something that could work to our benefit. I'll give you an edge. You're not crazy about their edge rushers. Um, I think their backers are okay. I mean, overshown that they have him. I mean, he's he's a well known guy. He's a nice player. If you want to line up in two tight ends tomorrow with Willis and Daniel Parker, yeah. And Daniel Parker really wants to get physical and get his hands on someone. I think that's a situation where you could have some success. I like. I don't think that that's an overwhelming success that you can just uh, expose them down in and down out. But if OU wants to go two tight ends tomorrow, I I feel pretty good about whatever that package looks like. So there's there's something because as, as 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 bad as things have gone over the course of the past five games, I still think OU's tight end group at one two is is still pretty good, man. It's not. As good as Georgia, maybe, but it's it's as good of a one-two punch at tight end as they've had in a while. I feel like. 
Well, we'll have uh, we'll have two tight ends on the field uh, and a running back on the field whenever uh, the Canic Wildcat is going <laughs> down. So we I, heard we had Bray Walker in the Wildcat earlier. So got to throw those two guys out there for that as well. Bray Walker, extra tackle. Now you will see Texas put an extra tackle on the football field quite a bit down on the goal line. They even put those two gigantic. Uh, interior defensive lineman in the football game so you got to be ready for that which you know they did it against West Virginia but here's the thing there's still an unblocked player standing right there in the gap to make the tackle see that's the crap that that is is so frustrating to me is you know and, and like I think uh Bijan Robinson is a good player uh, you know he's he's a really good back but I see more players just whiff on him one-on-one like no incredible move by him in the open field it's just guys panic for whatever reason and like drop to their knees and end up hugging air i don't want to take anything away from him. he's a good football player how do you get a mustard named after you and a lamborghini if you're not but i i, I he's not a running back that just scares the daylights out of me. He's no. not. No, I mean, it doesn't feel like he's Ricky Williams back there or anything. He's, he's a nice player, and we're not saying he's that good he all around back. sucks or anything like that. And he definitely had a big run in last year's game, but I'm with you, man. And he's definitely got a chance to make an impact tomorrow. I just don't feel like – is overhype the right word to use? I, I don't know. Maybe, but I just – I don't feel like he's as good as what he's been hyped up to be. And the numbers this year, again, Eric Gray's been equally as good as him this year. And two weeks ago, OU fans were wanting to replace him as running back one. So yeah. if that tells you anything, then, I mean, there's there's that, man. That's how it goes. Um, Texas' biggest edge in this game, they they still got really good. They still got really good uh, skill position players. And the funny thing about Texas is, you know, I, I don't know how far back this goes, probably seven or eight years. But going into this game, we're never talking about the mystery of what the Texas offense is going to look like. It's always been pretty well known. In the past, it's been quarterback power left, quarterback yeah. power right, or right up the middle with Sam Ellinger. And now it's going to be isolate their wide receivers with deep balls down the field, throw short stuff to their wide receivers to get them out in space, hand the ball to B. Sean Robinson. So th- this is a like the seventh or eighth consecutive year where it's – we don't really have to wonder all that much what, what Texas is going to try to do offensively. It's, it's yeah. pretty obvious. Well, the, it is obvious. You know, some of, like, the detailed things we're going to get is they're going to throw some Kansas State looks at us. Um, they do a lot of stuff behind the line of scrimmage after the snap, crossing guys, um, you know, across the center of the football, like your, your split zones. They'll do split zone and bring two guys across. Uh, a lot of pullers. They like to attack the perimeter with some of your uh, G zone on the front side to get the front side guard out on the perimeter. Um, you know, they'll, they'll do a lot of boot action. They'll do a ton of max protect with um, both. Like, they do a ton of 12 personnel, two tight ends out there, and a lot of max protect where both tight ends and running backs stay in and block and protect. And they just run two receiver routes, uh, double moves on the outside, give their quarterback a ton of time. Uh, I like their offense. The offense is designed really good, but it's not anything that is 
you know, it, it, it's not anything that, that you shouldn't be able to have some success against. And I'll tell you this, and maybe this is famous last words, and I, we give up 500 yards through the air, but I, I part of me is really happy about the quarterbacks that we're going to be facing, whether it's Ewers or Hudson Card, that neither one of those guys is anywhere near as capable yeah. running the football as Adrian Martinez or Max Duggan. They're not dynamic in that regard. And, and I'm sure that there might be a couple times where the play breaks down and they're able to pick up four or five yards, but they're, they're not going to get 55 yards on you, man. I mean, they, they may get eight yards in a first down and move the sticks, and that's going to suck during that time. But you don't ever have to worry about them just taking off, I don't think and, you know, scoring a touchdown on you. Well, Hudson Card can move a little bit. A little bit. He moves but. better than yours, but, yeah, like I'm saying, he, they're, neither one of those guys are like Max Duggan or Adrian Martinez. So, you know, I asked this question on Thursday during Locked In, like, hey, OU fans, what position do you feel the best about right now? And I kind of let, you know, say the running backs right now. Maybe the running backs is who you should feel the best about. I, I feel like most people said it that way. And I feel as good about Eric Gray as I have since he showed up at OU. But, you know, if, if this is a game where you have to sustain drives and where you need the five- or six-yard gains to stay in front of the sticks, keep you in favorable third downs, keep the clock moving, am I crazy to think that if that's the type of game that they need to play, that it, that it works out really well for Marcus Major? Because I feel like tough yards on the ground, if you got you, you just kind of kind of – you know, grind things out a little bit. He kind of seems like your guy offensively, and I hope he's available tomorrow, unlike he was last weekend. But, you know, as, as we do the uh, filling up the stat sheet later on or the under-the-radar player coming up next segment, like Marcus Major's a real wild card in this game, I feel like. Yeah, well, I don't think there's any doubt. I mean, if, if he's healthy and 100%, we're a much better football team. Uh, I, I think everyone understands that. And I think the fact that we've got three good backs is, you know, good depth there is something that's critical. Now, we're going to have to block up front for those guys to be a factor. But, yeah, I, I think without a doubt Marcus Major could play a big impact. I think Barnes could play a big impact. And we know Eric Gray can in both the passing and the, and the running game. But, you know, all, all of that goes back to – it don't matter about any of those three guys if we don't have a good game with the offensive line. And I know this doesn't make anyone feel better, but Harrison was banged up in the, in the game. Metallier was banged up. Rame was banged up. Guyton was banged up. Wanye Morris left the football game. So um, – it's going to be a like I think I think all those guys are going to play. I don't know about Wanye, but everyone else I think's going to play. It's going to be one of those you know gritty games where everyone's hurting, everyone's not you know not feeling a hundred percent. But you got to uh, you know pop the ibuprofen. Yep. Get your shot. Whatever yep. it is you got to do. Let's go get this thing done. I feel best about the backup linebacker. Uh, says the 9-1-A. I guess they're talking about Canick there. Could we see the fumble ruski tomorrow? I think everything could be on the table offensively tomorrow. Fumble ruski? Let's I, go. I don't think you'll see the fumble ruski. There are a ton of uh, trick plays or gadget plays that we could see tomorrow, but with this day and age, as everyone's gotten way better at not turning the ball over and 
Obviously, everyone knows how incredibly important those are. No one's really been big into laying the football on the ground in the middle of the field. Worked in Little Giants, <laughs> but fair. It used to work back in the day. One of the problems is hardly anyone goes under center anymore. Yeah. So We've already won by not being Texas. Uh, if Bowman can't play, does that mean Morrison is the only one left to play in that position? No. Um, I would expect uh, Harrington to play there. And, um, but he did come in and, and, and play well last week at times. So, I don't know. Um, Sean says the fumble ruski is now illegal. Uh, which, I, I trust Sean. It's illegal? I trust Sean on trick plays because he's, he, he has always contended for a while now. It is not the hook and ladder. It's the hook and lateral. He, he sure. is very, he is very, right. he's, there's no ladder involved in the play. There's a lateral involved in the play. So right. I'll, I'll trust Sean on that one. Well, I, the fumble ruski, like the original one where I think. Did Nebraska run that back in the day? The quarterback sets the ball on the ground. And the guard picks it up. But I think they did one where the center snaps it and holds it. And the guard grabs it from the center instead of the quarterback. I think that one may be illegal. Yeah. But I don't know. Uh, here's an interesting text. And no, I did not know this to answer the but text. Let me say I this real it. quick. Yeah. Uh, if it's illegal, it's probably on our list to do with the penalties. Probably that we so. Get, right? Did y'all see Texas is back down to a seven and a half point favorite? Makes me think Gabriel will play. Don't think Gabriel's going to play tomorrow. Now, you can be optimistic that. Maybe some late money's coming in on OU, but it is Texas minus seven and a half. And twenty-four hours ago, when we were doing the show, it was at Texas minus nine and a half. Does that make you feel? Yeah, it was any nine and a half whatsoever. Which this crap? You seen the crap on the uh, Ref Royal Rumble text exchange <laughs> yeah. where they're trying not to give me the nine and a half? Unbelievable. That's that might cost you the pick, by the way. And it's coming from uh, Drake Dyke and a guy that hadn't got one pick right all season. Uh, what a load of crap. Texas is back down to minus seven and a half, though. Dropped two points in 24 hours. You're try Dude, don't shoot this one down. You're trying to grasp onto anything right now that gives you hope in this game. And there's one thing. The spread has dropped back down two points in the past 24 hours. Yeah, well. It's something. I don't give two rips Let it about shoot what, down to a field goal right before kick. About what everyone outside of, uh, you know, the realm of this football game thinks is going to happen. I think it's going to be a one-score game. That's why I took it as a pick. Um, I still think that. Nothing has changed, in my opinion. If you're expecting Dylan Gabriel to play, uh, I would – I would. my advice to you Start is to – no, oh, okay. Is to eliminate that thought completely from your head and start thinking about something else, or else you're going to be, like, really upset whenever he doesn't take the field tomorrow. And I'm not saying that he doesn't. Maybe he does. But there is a very, 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 very tiny chance that that's what takes place. I, and I still – I don't think it's – I don't even think you can do it. Unfortunately. Like, unfortunately, I don't think it has anything to do with his health. It's, it, you know what – how hard that would be used against Oklahoma on the recruiting trail 
and the national media would just love to jump all over that story <laughs> and they right would, after Tua. And they would, there's no doubt. And your recruiting situation is already as fragile as it is trying to hold on to this class before signing day. That's right. The number six overall class. we got to hit a break. Real quick, Russ in Atlanta says, my prediction, OU is down 20 with three minutes left in the third quarter. Dylan Gabriel throws off his head bandage, grabs a helmet, and <laughs> enters the game in street clothes and marshals OU to a victory. Books written, movies made. He said hand band, uh, head bandage. I, for some reason, I pictured like MASH. You yeah. know, like he just throws off the head bandage yeah, and he's like, like running out there in a battle. He's got and some of it that out. stretchy tape wrapped <laughs> yeah. around his head. Yeah. And like some. Uh, some gauze stuffed in there that's, you know, got some blood on it. Yeah, absolutely. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. Hour number two rolls on here from the Omni in downtown Dallas. The Central Oklahoma Buick GMC dealers bringing this out of the rush on a football Friday. Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman, Connor Pasby is back in studio, which, by the way, speaking of Connor, I uh, <laughs> he had a tweet that popped up in my timeline yesterday, and he was calling the Norman High game. And I don't know how many high school games you've been to recently, but the, the theme now is, like, kids wear jerseys in, like, the student section, you know? Like, just random jerseys. Well, and like NFL jerseys or, like, the high school jerseys? NBA, like, they can be at a high school football game. It could be a Tracy McGrady jersey, a Kobe Bryant jersey, an Emmett Smith jersey, huh? a Freddie Freeman jersey. Like, it, it's just whatever. Someone at the Norman High game last night was wearing not only a Teddy Lehman jersey, a Teddy Lehman Buffalo Bills jersey wow. last night. Is that Connor? Is that do, do I have that right? Someone was wearing a Lehman Bills jersey. Yes, I, I saw that. I saw that, and I had to post that, Teddy. Uh, I'm not amazing. even sure what was I 57 or 58. 58. In, 58. 58. <laughs> not even sure what number I was <laughs> in Buffalo. Awesome. That's awesome. That's awesome. Wow. I love that. I like that. Get just get as <laughs> as weird and far out there as you can. That's amazing. It's a good garage sale find. I'm That's sure. right. The Buffalo Bills jersey. That's right. My wife would probably find it on uh, Trimble. Well, would you sell that to us? <sighs> Under the radar feature, sponsored by Boy Street Ventures, which they have a really cool thing going on in Norman right now. They are investing in OU Innovation. They're a venture, venture capital firm that funds and guides promising Sooner startups. For more information, go to boystreetventures.com. So under the radar, the under the radar player that we're not talking about for Saturday, we'll both give ours. I kind of feel like I already gave mine away. Like Marcus Major isn't under the radar, but I guess for my under the radar player, I'll, uh, I'll go with running back Marcus Major to have uh, the most yards tomorrow. Have a bigger impact than what most people think. It may not be the sexiest day. Like, he may not have a 45-yard uh, run, but maybe he gets you those, those dirty yards, those tough yards that you need tomorrow. So you think that you honestly think he's going to have the most rushing yards? You know, I really backed up really quick, didn't I? Like, oh, hey, you know, rushing. Well, uh, maybe could, he just gets, like, the tough yards that you need, like the third he down He may get the touchdowns. Like, that, we've seen that this season, that he gets the uh, some of those, you know, short yardage and red zone carries and converts those to touchdowns. I could see that happening. Um, my under-the-radar player is going to be, I believe, Justin Harrington. Ooh. Hey, dude, you talk about a, like, storybook, not ending. I mean, he, he this is his last year of eligibility, but you, you talk about a feel-good story. It's everything that happened with him the past 11 months 
and coming out yeah. and having a great game on Saturday. I mean, the story is there for him. Yeah. Uh, he's going to have to play a lot. He got a, he got a lot of burn against TCU. Made some nice plays. Made some big mistakes. Um, you know, he, he knows he's going to get way more time, way more action this week. I, I, I just I love his energy. I love the way he plays out there. I love his attitude. Um, you know, he's, he's not there mentally just yet to where, you know, he can direct traffic and everything on the back end. He's still coming around on that. But um, I, think he's a, I think he's a fantastic player, and he could really make a big impact tomorrow if, uh, if he, you know, comes up with a turnover, comes up with a, a couple of big hits. Uh, you know, if you watch that TCU game, you know, he made some mistakes. I'm not saying he didn't, but there's there's several plays where his effort just stands out above everyone else, and he's chasing people down. I mean, he could chase someone down tomorrow. That's a sure touchdown. We end up forcing a field goal, like something like that. I think he can have uh, a, a critical impact on the football game, and I hope he does have a critical impact on the football game. Your under-the-radar player, sponsored by Boyd Street Ventures, Sooners empowering Sooners by creating economic opportunities for students, faculty, staff, and alumni. For more information, go to BoydStreetVentures.com. Text line says, this may be a real long shot, but I'm going with RSJ as an under-the-radar player. And I guess this kind of leads into a question of... What significant changes could we see defensively, personnel-wise, even from last week? I, I think most people would say Jaron Canick, but can we see more Canick? Can we see more see more RSJ? That's a couple true freshmen right there. Like, what, like, what do you think personnel-wise we could see changes? Um, changes. I think one of them we're going to see is Harrington. Um, will we see Canick? I don't know. Um, like, I, I was told that we were going to see him against TCU, and we didn't. And that game did not go well. And I think, I think part of it may be that, you know, Deshaun White is one of the most veteran players out there. And if it's not going well, you want to have a veteran player on the field, you know. And I think that's maybe why they were reluctant to, to give Canick any time. But... You know, I, I guess I wouldn't be shocked if we saw him. Uh, I I wouldn't, as of right now, I wouldn't, I wouldn't guess that we, we do. I mean, Deshaun White is, it's the most critical position, and he's the most experienced player. He hasn't been perfect there by any means, but, you know, I, it, that's just, it's just unfortunate that that's kind of the last guy you want to, you want to um, pull off the football field. Um, I hope. We see Stripling and R. Mason Thomas back. I'd love to see R. Mason Thomas back. That would give us uh, a, a you know a couple more guys in the rotation there. Um, Robert Spears Jennings on the back end. What number is he? Three. Is he three. Yeah, three. I th- we may see him Good. at times, um, but I don't think it's going to be anything big other than you know the safety spot. So I. Uh I referenced Marcus Major maybe having yeah. one of those days where he's not rushing for 180 yards, but you know he's getting those tough yards that you need throughout a game where you're trying to grind it hey, out. I'd like it if he had seven yards rushing and three touchdowns. Well, listen to this. 
So Quentin Griffin, 22 years ago today, OU beat Texas 63-14. Quentin Griffin had six touchdowns that day. Now, if you have six touchdowns on a game like this, you would think, oh, my God, Quentin probably had 200-plus yards. Listen to this stat line. This is crazy. Quentin Griffin in a 63-14 win, 23 rushes, 87 yards, 3.8 a carry, but with six touchdowns. Wow. <laughs> That's nuts. One every four carries, he was getting a touchdown, but he had Were like less than four. they all rushing touchdowns? Yeah, all rushing touchdowns. 23 carries for 87 yards, and he still had six wow. touchdowns that day. Isn't that nuts? Six touchdowns. We scored a defensive touchdown. Uh, that's seven, and I don't know, we still had several others. Curtis Fagan had a touchdown that day. Yeah, what a day. That's yeah. not, like, that's a, that was a school record, and I still, I still think that's true today. School record, six rushing touchdowns. Didn't even and break he had 90 yards. yards rushing on 23 carries. <laughs> it's nuts. Yeah, that's wild. That's wild. We could use a game like that. Where I'll you just take that. Get, you know, just everything goes right from the beginning. You get the bounces early. You're able to pay them off. Um, you know, you're able to to create something on defense and special teams, a pick six, maybe a blocked punt or, uh, or you know, kickoff return for a touchdown. Uh, the voice of the Oklahoma Sooners, Toby Rowland, sent me this uh, this statistic earlier. Only 12 of the 36 Texas kickoffs have been touchbacks. So we should get plenty of opportunities in the kick return game. And Farouk looked pretty good against yeah. Texas Christian University. That had University. to be your longest kick return of the year, right? I don't know. Well, we'll just we go with it. Who we cares? Yeah. We'll yeah. just say it is. It is. Yeah. Yes. Don't well, fa- do not do not fact check us on that one. Yeah. Um, let's see. What else? Um, yeah, but – a defensive touchdown, special teams, big plays, like th- those type of things are what, what are going to keep you in it and give you a real opportunity to win this thing. I uh, charted the big special teams plays in these games over the years. 1996, Jarrell Jackson, 51-yard nice. putt return touchdown. What year? 96. Okay. Sparked the comeback. 08, Shipley had a kick return touchdown that changed things. Well, hang on a second. You went from 96 to 08. Uh, That's the only special yeah, teams place you can find? I went from find? 96, 08, 13, 10, 01. It was, uh, you know, it was a little bit out of order there. But well, I'm just saying. Point. No, no, I, I hear your point. I just scatterbrained here. I went from 96 to 08, 08 to 13, 13 to 2001, basically. Yeah. Well, I know in, I think it was, it was maybe it was 02 when Wolfolk had a big field goal block. Yep. In that game. Oh, one Vasher made that mistake of just diving and catching the ball on the two-yard yep. line like a moron. Yep. Uh, 13 to Jay Johnson had an 85-yard punt return. 2010, Texas muffed a punt. OU recovered. That sealed the win. 2020. And that's the thing. Like We've been complaining about OU special teams for the past eight years. The past two games, you've had big special teams plays. Caleb Kelly stripping it out last year, and then 2020, you had a blocked punt and a blocked field goal in that game. Yeah. So, something. So, in 2020 and 2021, we've had the special teams edge and won both those games. Um, uh, what year was it whenever we had that big kickoff return for a touchdown? Did you already say that 20, one? Uh, that was Alex Ross. That would have been 2014 when that happened. Yeah, that was a nice He play. didn't score. I think he got tackled inside the five. Oh, like just a, I know. I just a nightmare. Uh, yeah, I, I think if 
if we could get some kick return action going, some big plays on special teams, because offense is it's going to be hard to come by. Right? We, I think we all understand that, and we need things that spark us. We need good field position, and uh, you know, it's just kind of one of those all hands on deck. I don't know if we do anything. I don't think we need to do anything necessarily outlandish in special teams to try and create something. I think we can we can have some success and get th- some things done just by blocking it up straight. Um, you know, Turk having having a good day. And that's the thing, man, and I keep going back to this. We don't have to do anything crazy to, to have a, a really good opportunity to win the game. Just play a solid, yep. a solid game on defense and win special teams, and you're going to be right there. There you go. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. Hit a couple of things that caught my eye next. Stay tuned. It is the rush on the ref on this football Friday. OU Texas football Friday, the best of them all. What's going on, man? Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman. We call this segment What Caught Teddy's Eye. Let's get to it. Story number one is. Did you see Draymond Green's, uh, well, I I guess it was a fight, or was it a sucker punch? Is that a sucker punch? It was a sucker punch, I feel like. In Warriors practice, right? Yeah, it was in practice. Jordan Poole. You can see him, John, from out by the three-point line, walks over, gets in his face. Jordan Poole pushes him, um, which, you know, I feel like some people would say, as soon as you push someone to get off of you, you better get your hands up in defense, and maybe that's right, but uh, maybe you're not expecting someone that's your teammate to, uh, to – you know, throw a sucker punch right across the the jaw, but He's I thought that idiot. was wild. He's an idiot. And I haven't seen much. Have you seen the um, the uh, like the suspension or whatever he's going to get from the team? I haven't seen what they've said, but I don't know. I find that to be uh, a really telling moment for Draymond Green. We've seen a whole lot of talk from him in a bunch of different situations, but this one is the first time we've seen him actually act out on that, and I wonder how it's going to go across. I'm sure he'll get suspended for a few games. Yeah, I, I mean, that that would be my guess, but he's just an idiot, man. I mean, there's no yeah. other <laughs> other way to say it. He's a, he's a, he's a moron. Bad he's, deal. Um, I thought this was interesting, and I'd like to get your take on it. When asked about the parity in the NFL – and like how, how good it is right now across the board. Tom Brady responded by saying, I think there's a lot of bad football going on right now from what I watch. A lot of poor quality, bad football. Do you think that's the case in the NFL? Kirk Herbstreit said something similar to that last night, which, I mean, God, judging by the Broncos-Colts game last night, did you watch any of that? He's spot on, did on balls accurate. Um it didn't feel like the quarterback play. The elite quarterback play is where I think that there's a point, right? Russell Wilson, dude, has been bad. The Broncos have been booed every single game that they played at home. Tom Brady ha- looks like he hasn't eaten in about six months, right? <laughs> so the, the elite quarterback play that we're accustomed to has just been it's been lackluster, man. So I, I actually can see the point by it. I think he's correct. Um, the Russell Wilson thing is interesting. You know, he spends a lot of time shooting uh, Instagram videos with his wife and uh, doing commercial shoots. I think people seem to kind of have had it with Russell Wilson. Um, But, you know, here's the thing. 
and I've said this for a long time in the NFL, everyone is constantly doing less. Less practice, no two-a-days, not in pads, not tackling. It's all they're they're doing less and less and less every year. So to me, it's no shock that the level of football Broncos is are a prime dragging. example of that. By the way, oh my gosh, yeah. that was their story before the year, dude. They did like nothing in training camp, easiest training camp ever. Yeah, now it's they're wild. two and three. It's wild. All right, that's all I got. Yeah, I, I'm just going to ask you about some lines here and tell you if this is anything. You know, Kansas has been the story in college football. Man, they're they're right. a top twenty team right now. And, yeah, TCU had a really impressive win over OU, but KU still can't get any respect when it comes to the betting lines. Has TCU minus seven in Lawrence? Is this line completely flawed, or is TCU just going to run away with this game and there's no problem tomorrow? I don't know. I, the product on the field, from what I've seen, would tell me that TCU is – uh, the better football team by a decent margin. But game day in Lawrence, like we know like what that type of energy can do to a football team, right? The momentum, the big swings, whenever maybe you fall behind and then the crowd gets behind you after you create a couple of big plays. TCU tighten up, like, oh, my God, are we really going to lose to Kansas? Like, I don't know. Like, the football tells me TCU should be – more than a seven-point favorite, but when you include the atmosphere and everything else, like I don't, I don't know how much that that should swing it. That Kansas is at home, but I, I think it's, I think it's pretty significant. I don't know. I, I'm not saying by any means they don't have a chance to win the football game, but I would be surprised if TCU doesn't doesn't win it. Last one I have. This is more of a prediction than anything else, but I think that we have another major job opening on Sunday in college football this week yeah I think uh I think Auburn even though they're a 27 and a half point dog they're gonna go ahead and cut bait with their head coach really Brian Harson's gonna get fired and I'm not even saying that I necessarily agree with that but we're starting to see it man right Nebraska cut bait early uh Colorado cut bait last Everyone's week Everyone's wanting to get Wisconsin into the Wisconsin did it and Auburn has a really bad recruiting class right now and even though no one expects them to beat Georgia, if Georgia pounds them tomorrow, which there's no shame in that, I guess, I think Auburn makes the firing public and you, you've, the Auburn job is officially open. What about <laughs> – I saw someone reference, I guess, on you know how they, they screenshot some of those message board things on Twitter every now and then? Of like what some fan this bases. Is more geniuses. Yes. I, I made that. Uh, I made that Twitter thread <laughs> last December. But yeah, I know what you're talking about. Um, I I I didn't see the ref. I just saw the reference to it. I didn't see the actual message. But did one of Texas A&M's fans suggest killing Jimbo Fisher on to get the, him out yes, of this contract? On the uh, on the Paul <laughs> Feinbaum show, he said hiring a hitman is cheaper. <laughs> Then the ninety-five million dollars a year buyout, or whatever it is, right now. Probably get it done for fifty grand, honestly. Desperate times, man. Desperate times. Good lord, that's hilarious. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. We'll wrap up hour number two next. Football Friday on the rush, live from the Omni in downtown Dallas. Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman, taking you up until 6 p.m. Text line says, "Have you guys talked about the point spread moving two points in the last hour?" 
If so, what does Vegas know? Does this mean towards dime time playing? I Look, I don't want to, like, crush anyone's hopes. Like, I think it's going to be a really close game. I just – if you think Dylan Gabriel's going to play, I don't think that you should expect Dylan Gabriel to play on Saturday. But I think OU is capable of playing a close game or winning even if Dylan Gabriel doesn't play. But, yes, we have talked about the point spread – Moving back down to seven and a half, it was Texas minus nine and a half yesterday. I don't think that has anything to do with that, about Dylan Gabriel. Nothing. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know what it has to do with. Honestly, um, it may just be money starting to come in on Oklahoma because people give it a little while. The number gets up there, and the fact remains that over the past nearly 10 years this has been a one score football game and it's probably folks thinking that well i don't necessarily know if oklahoma's going to win it but it's going to be way closer than this so uh, that's probably all it is in my mind like i saw that number and took it in our pick em because you know I, I i think it's uh i think it's way tighter than people are thinking and and i know that oklahoma is way better than they've played the last two weeks doesn't mean that they're going to play a great game. doesn't mean they're going to win. But it, it does mean that they're better than what I think people are giving them credit for. So I can't remember if it's RSJ or Jaden Rowe that Teddy is really high on. We, we talked a lot this offseason about Jaden Rowe. Long, athletic, was he's like six foot three and came in as a corner. He's gigantic. You like that. They're, they're playing corner right now, but I have a feeling he's not going to spend much time at corner. How tall was Wolfolk? Was he 6'2"? Uh, he was close to 6'3". Yeah, 6'2", long ranging. How about Porter Mosher coming up with the snacks? Let's do it. That's going to be awesome. All right, quick time out. More from the rush coming up. we got the final hour next.